Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Here we go now. Pitchers and catchers report today. It feels like spring is finally here. East Coasters wouldn't know. Apparently a ton of snow over there. But uh, let's talk about it here. Mariners going to be back with some new faces in 2024. And um, before we even get started, I got to say, Bump, you and I yesterday talked with David Schoenfield. We all agreed, in addition to David, the sound I'll play in just a moment, that the Mariners offseason went better than we initially expected. That maybe, yeah. maybe it was better than we thought it was. It was. And I think um, our initial reaction was shared by many. I think um, we saw who was available, all the names out there, all the possibilities and scenarios. We go, okay, let's have a seat at the table and let's make a move. We might have sat at the table. You know what? I think we were at the little kids' table. You know, back when I was growing up, Thanksgiving, the family comes together. Sure. There's the adult table, the table and then there's the kids' table. Yeah. We were at the kids' table looking at the adult table saying, like, we're old enough, man. We should be over there right now. And, uh, and nothing happened. But then as the offseason goes along, you have Polanco, you got Luke, um, you had some other pieces, and you understand what they were doing. And then you hear about the uh, the pay increase of $5 million, 140 that Jared Apollo could spend to about 145 And then we understand that uh, we understand what the assignment is, essentially, that, okay, they're not going to be able to go out and get um, that big name because then it limits what you can do after that. So it says by committee. But uh, the committee's looking better, man. You got five new starters in this lineup. Uh, I think that's what I what I read somewhere. And um, I, I get it. I understand it. But we're still banking on guys staying healthy, guys performing like they did maybe a few years ago, and the guys who are already here taking another step, and especially a guy like Julio Rodriguez. Uh, David Schoenfield gave the Mariners an F in his initial offseason grade. Granted, there's been a couple moves since then, uh, uh, Polanco being one of them. Here's what he said yesterday to us when we asked whether or not he changed that. Jerry DePoto was handed a bad deal. I think he probably back at the end of the season thought he'd get a raise that payroll. So it's not on him that the owners aren't giving him any money. He's had to finagle and deal his way through this off season. And I think given that, I think he's done a pretty good job. Is this an A off season? No, of course not. I'd probably give it a C. Are they any better? Potentially, yes. (laughs) I I think the lineup might be slightly better than last year. Why do you think that David Schoenfield uh, is maybe hesitant to commit to the lineup being better? Because I think it is better, um, but just not substantially. I mean, you go from a payroll of 140 to 145, you're not going to have a substantially improved team. For a minute there, it felt like, excuse me, the Mariners were just kind of shedding payroll, and that angered a lot of fans, rightfully so. But I look around at this team and I say, God, if they can stay healthy, I really like what they've added. I think he's hitting us with the hezzy because the hezzy. he sees what uh, what you're losing. Gino, when he is healthy, when he is good, one of the best hitters in the game, right? You look at his numbers over the past, what, four or five seasons. He's up there top three to five when it comes to bombs being hit. You look at Teoscar Hernandez. When he's on, he's on as well. Uh, so you're losing, you're losing power there. You look at Jared Kelnick and you think, okay, the possibilities. There were times where we looked at J.K. and said, this could be the future. Imagine him and Julio Rodriguez teamed up for 10 years doing their thing. He carried this baseball team to start that season last year, actually, mm-hmm. Jared Kelnick. So I think he looks at those three and say the possibilities is if everybody was on the same page and playing at a high level. Then he looks at what the Mariners have acquired, and he understands that, okay, Mitch has got to stay healthy. Um, 
Polanco is dealing with an injury as well. Hasn't really played like an all-star since, what, 2019, 2020. You're looking at Luke. He's supposed to bring power in that outfield. So I think that he's looking at just the guys that you lost and the guys that brought in you brought mm-hmm. in and doesn't see a big difference. Uh, me, on the other hand, I go, look, um, rumor has it, Gino was out of shape. Uh, Tay Oscar didn't play the greatest in the outfield at times. A lot, Lots of strikeouts. So I understand the movement. Um, I don't think it was as bad as he um, thinks it is or was, but I understand why he thinks that. Yeah, I think uh, some fans, too, are understandably looking at the roster going, ah, I could have done with what more, you know, outfielder. I could have done with, you know, obviously you have Julio in center. Uh, in an ideal world, you know, you've got Luke Rayley, Julio, Mitch Haniger. There's no guarantee that any of these guys, but particularly Mitch Haniger, stays healthy. What if you're looking at an outfield that at one point has Sam Haggerty and Dom Canzone on either side of Julio Rodriguez? Like, I don't know how many people are feeling super electric about that outfield, but, you know, first of all, Every team is going to have a platoon somewhere. Every team is going to have depth concerns somewhere. Every team is going to have injury liabilities somewhere. Um, I think, you know, when you listen to what David Schoenfeld had to say, for what Jerry DePoto uh, and Hollander clearly had to work with this year, which by all accounts, it sounds like was a reduced payroll and reduced budget, lower than what they were expecting. I think that they gave us a team that we can once again enter the season going expectation is playoffs. Now my question for everyone listening, and I'll start with you bump and Curtis, feel free to chime in. The expectation is playoffs. Should the expectation be win the AL West? Go ahead, Curtis. I I mean, with as close as they were to winning the AL West last year. And I mean, Houston has made a couple of moves to improve their standing. Texas kept everything more in house. They're banking on the production of Evan Carter. And I think Wyatt Langford this year to propel them forward. But I mean, the division is still up for grabs, even though you've got the two reigning world series champions right ahead of you. I mean, the Mariners should be making every effort to win the division. Cause it's, it can be theirs. If, if everything goes right. Uh, Bryant uh, says on the Mac and Jack's text line said it should be the goal, but not the expectation. Um, Willem and Maple Valley says, I agree the lineup is slightly better, but the divisional foes have also gotten better, no doubt. Bump, what do you think? Should winning the AL West be the expectation? It should be. Mariners have gotten better, so has everyone else, right? But the Mariners have gotten better, and there were two games behind uh, the, the Rangers and the Astros. It's not like these guys were eight, nine, ten games um, out of uh, the lead in the AL West. So that's why I look at it and I go, all right, well, if you've improved the way that we hope you improved and the way that the organizations think you improved, you should be in the mix, right? You should be in the mix at the end of the year, and that's what you want, essentially, because you know that if you are in the mix at the end of the year in the AL West, you are one of the better teams in the majors. That's all I want. So, yes, expectations should be for me to compete for a division championship. If you are competing there, you will be competing elsewhere and hopefully sneak into the playoffs. I liked what Jason Churchill, Prospect Insider, had to say when it comes to what the M's can do. Now, this is in particular if Mitch Haniger stays healthy. If you told me right now Mitch Haniger played 130 games and basically stayed off the I.L. in 2024, I'd say the Mariners might win 95 games because I'm not including that in my prediction of with them winning 88 to 91 games. I just think Mitch Haniger is kind of a half portion, kind of half a player in this equation. I just don't think you can count them. I think the Mariners learned that lesson a couple of years ago. Now, this isn't August. This isn't September. We're not looking at what we think the team may end up doing uh, or where they are right now. What we're looking at is the ceiling. Spring training is a time to look at the ceiling of your team. 
Is it as high as you hoped it would be? Is it high enough to get to a World Series? Is it high enough to get to the playoffs? Is it high enough to win your division? So looking at that ceiling involves a hypothetical healthy Mitch Haniger. And yeah, with a healthy Mitch Haniger, I that is a playoff team. Yeah, I agree. That's the thing, man. Um, almost everyone who was acquired, the names that we expect to uh, to be everyday guys, dealt with some type of injury in the last year or so. So that's a concern right there. With Mitch, he played 57 games in 2022 and 61 games in 2023. In 2023, that was just bad luck, right? So I think um, that's a that's a real concern. You you look at at Mitch and what he brings to the table. We know that um, when he's healthy and that bat is hot, he's good. He's a leader out there. He understands the culture over here with the Mariners. Um, but he's got to be healthy, and that's where luck comes in in sports all the time. And you cannot control whether you get hurt or not, right? The body is just going to respond. Or in Mitch's case, sometimes you just get hit by a pitch and you break something. So you got to get lucky with this. The reason why the Mariners have to be lucky, though, is because they don't have the talent of the Dodgers and the Yankees and all these other teams, right? They go in with expectations because, look, they paid for that expectation. They paid to expect to be in the playoffs and to be in the World Series, whereas the Mariners paid to be competitive. And if you can build, develop, and grow, you shall see what happens. So the approaches are just different, mm-hmm. and the contingencies are different. With this team this year, the main thing is just staying healthy because I think that JP is going to be fine. I think Kyle's going to be good. I think Julio is going to be in the MVP race once again, finished fourth last year in the AL. So those those are things that we know to be true, at least we think are true. Now it's just, okay, how do, how do these new additions um, keep this team on the right track? It starts with just being healthy. I agree. It starts with being healthy. It continues with the development of your pitching staff. Your pitching staff is really where you're looking at as obviously being the strength of the team. There are going to be questions about depth, uh, obviously, right? You traded away some pieces, made some moves. Um, I don't know how many of those pieces you were going to be relying on early. Robbie Ray being a prime example of someone who wouldn't have been available until after the All-Star break, but still uh, affects the overall depth of your uh, starting rotation. That is still going to be the strength of the team. Last couple minutes here, um, you know, as we talk about expectations, let's talk about what we're excited about. Who are you guys? I know it's only pitchers and catchers reporting today. Who are you guys most excited to see about or see and hear about at spring training? My man Miller. Miller? Yeah, he um, added a pitch to this thing, man. Um, he has a splitter now. Now, he relied heavily on the four seam. He threw at 58% last year. Uh, slider threw at 8%. Curveball under 1%. And then the sinker, 7.7%. I love that he's adding a pitch, right? When you're in that rotation, you got to have about four, five, six pitches uh, because you're going to see the lineup two or three times. When you are coming out the bullpen, your reliever, you're probably only going to see that lineup one time through. You can rely on one or two pitches to get you through there. So I just like the uh, – I want to see the growth. This is what the Mariners do, right? You develop pitchers. And um, I think Miller could be a great example of that if he's able to get that splitter working and, and do his thing. Curtis, who are you most excited to see and hear about at spring training? Most excited, I think, George Kirby. I think this is the year he takes that step forward to become the ace of the staff. Now, the person I'm most intrigued in seeing – is a guy we've seen in his underwear quite a bit this oh, offseason at driveline, Ty France. <laughs> That's the guy I am most intrigued by. Has the uh, work that he's put in, is that going to pay off in a big way? Is he going to look like Ty France of early 2022 or Ty France ever since that wrist injury he suffered against the A's? I was talking to someone in the kitchenette about this this morning, which is exactly why I'm asking you guys as kind of a last-minute conversation. I literally went to get coffee and had this conversation and thought, I'm going to ask the guys how they feel about this. Uh, but my answer, Curtis was also Ty, and I'm going to combine Ty and Mitch for the reason yeah. that I'm most interested in whatever the wild card is going to be with this team. What's the wild card? If we're talking about what our expectations are, why am I confident the Mariners can be great? Julio, 
George Kirby, right? Cal, pieces of Luis Castillo, pieces we already know and believe in. What might surprise me? What might surprise all of us? What if, you know, Ty France comes out and has a bounce back season? What if Mitch stays healthy? Those little moves, those are the wild cards that give your team the boost it might need. I also want to see Canzone, man. Like, yeah. how much better did you get this offseason? What do you bring into the table as well? Not going to be relied on heavily. But again, I love that point is that you have your things that you can trust, that you think you can trust at least. Your personnel, these guys were getting paid the bigger bucks on this team. Who's going to be that guy that comes out of nowhere and contributes to this team when they need a base hit uh, late in the game, uh, when they when they need uh, to, to steal second late in the game? Who's going to be that little spark plug? Remember when Sam Haggerty was at Forrest? Man, it was fun watching him play. He was Remember the most when they exciting player. Sam Haggerty? Right. And <laughs> we, we see, we see Sam in the outfield, infield, yeah. pinch running. He's a utility type of player, but you want to see a guy um, not necessarily be the Haggerty type of dude, but a guy that this club has developed and uh, will put out there in situations where you need them to come through. Uh, Eugenio Suarez was big on striking out, uh, as was Teo, and I know the team weren't um, particularly fans of that. However, the 253 is right. You do need somebody to step up and hit 30-plus home runs to replace that kind of production from a guy like Suarez. That is a question we all still have. I think people look at this roster, they like that they can see a bit more contact uh, as opposed to strikeouts. But again, health is going to be hugely important. That's also why I look at, I don't think Ty is like that kind of guy, but Mitch is that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. If he can stay healthy. <laughs> it's funny that um, that we're, we mentioned Ty France and a guy who can surprise you because at one point he was considered one of the best hitters in the game, right? He's going to put the ball in play. He's going to get on base, had his clutch moments, but then he gets banged up. Mm -hmm. And then ever since then, he hasn't been that guy. So yeah, I'm excited about Ty France too. Can you get back to the guy we saw in 2022? Washington's biggest night out in sports is coming up February 15th. That's tomorrow. It's the 89th annual Sports Star of the Year Awards hosted by KJ Wright. They'll be crowning our state's biggest stars and stories of 2023. Find tickets and info at seattlesports.com slash events. Let's get to headline rewrites. Headline rewrites. We must make headlines. The real story behind the headlines in today's news with Bob and Stacy. Headline number one: The news broke just as our show was ending yesterday, but Pack Two is removing George Klyovkov as the conference's commissioner. What's the real headline? Why? What happened? I'm still trying to figure <laughs> that out. Why? Why is he gone? Like, what? Are, what do you mean? Everything's been totally fine. Man, now, we can't ignore the position that that uh, George was put in, right? Not a great situation, but he was uh, he was, the, the picture that was painted with him was that he was going to be the savior of the pack, and he was not able to do that. I imagine George being that kid with five minutes left in class that's already packing his bag, right? He's like, I'm already out this thing, man. I know mm-hmm. I'm going to be gone. I'm out of here. This is just a formality. This wasn't a surprise to George. Everyone knew this was coming. Unfortunate for him. Uh, he will be fine. I'm sure he'll get a job elsewhere. It's just so sad to see the slow death of the Pac-12, man. And unfortunately, he will be the last image that we have of this collapse that happened over the past 10 to 11 years. Man, it's ridiculous. George is put in a bad spot, but he did nothing to help the situation either. If you were to drop a blame pie for who gets the biggest blame, I think both of us uh, would uh, give it to Larry Scott as having the biggest piece of that blame pie. Right. Uh, I think we'd also look at um, you know, some invisible pieces. Like It's not that George Klyovkov doesn't get one, but there's some 
lesser, less obvious pieces of the blame pie to go around. There's some ADs and presidents, too. You know what I mean? Some people might look at ADs and presidents. Some people might look at boosters who weren't willing to give enough right. money. Some people might look at fans. Some people, I mean, there's a lot of kind of like invisible, under-the-radar pieces of that blame pie to go around. Yeah, you can share that thing, but Larry, you get the biggest piece. Yeah, congratulations. Normally getting the biggest piece of the pie is a great thing, but not here. <laughs> Headline rewrites. Headline number two, interesting report from ESPN this morning. Adrian Wojnarowski and Ramona Shelbourne saying that the Warriors made an unsuccessful bid to trade for LeBron James at the trade deadline. What's the real headline? So every NBA superstar will play with every NBA superstar at some point. That's what the league is right now. It's getting ridiculous. This is getting ridiculous. I don't mind it. I, underst- I understand it. Yeah. Oh, LeBron, go win another championship with Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson if he's there. They're talking about getting rid of my guy. Um, and the Warriors are at a place now to where they need something. They need something to give them a boost. They are no longer the guys that we've seen the last 10 years who are dominating the NBA. Uh, the power has shifted a little bit. But I just think about LeBron. I go, come on, LeBron. At some point, you just stay put and just ride this thing out. You play for the Los Angeles Lakers. As much as y'all hate the Lakers out here, realize who they are. One of the greatest franchises in, in sports history. You got Kareem. You got Magic. You got Kobe. You got Baylor. I mean, goodness gracious, you would think this was his final stop because the son is at SC and that he would just kill all these rumors, but he feeds into it. Like the cryptic tweets he puts out there with the with the hourglass and all that stuff. It's just LeBron, focus on getting into the playoffs. You got AD with you over there. You're not going to win a championship this year, but you can at least sneak into the playoffs and shake some things up. But if he were to go play with Stephen Curry, my goodness, this man is one of the greatest to play the game, but I would lose even a bit more respect. Like, go ahead and take the L's with your squad, take the W's with your squad. Stop trying to create a super team. Uh, a couple super teams and super dynasties in the last several years across multiple leagues. I just wrote down four quickly, including the Chiefs, just given the recency bias of the Super Bowl. Rank these dynasties from most annoying to least. Curtis, feel free to interject because Bump's going to have some bias here. <laughs> Patriots, Chiefs, Lakers, Yankees. Go ahead, Curtis. Mm. Go ahead. You started off. Patriots lasted the longest. They were pretty annoying. I mean, nothing's more annoying, though, than a Yankees fan shouting 27 rings in your face. Heck, even the Lakers are pretty annoying. Uh, I'll go Patriots is most annoying. Okay. Bump. I'll tell you who the least is. Are you going to say Lakers? Lakers? Of course you'd say Of course. That's what I'm saying. Someone says, bump talking Lakers, goodbye. See you in 10 minutes, dog. (laughs) See you in 10 minutes. I, in order... Patriots, Yankees, Lakers, Chiefs. I'm not actually annoyed by the Lakers, but I kind of like the Chiefs, so my yeah. my like of them, like I'm indifferent about the Lakers. I think I got the same list you have. Yeah. yeah. My like of the Chiefs has changed a little bit. Uh, I had a hard time deciding between Yankees and Patriots. Um, I've never been like, like, I don't like the Yankees. I've known Patriots fans, though. They've weaseled their way into my life, and I'm not a fan of them. <laughs> So that ended up impacting this. Except for Maura. Maura Dooley. I love her. Headline rewrite. Headline number three. The Kraken bounced back with a 2-1 shutout shootout win over the Islanders. Here's how that one ended. Looking to equalize the shootout. He does not. Grubauer comes up big. That's Kraken hockey, baby. Philip Grubauer and the Seattle Kraken get it done. Those fans are, aren't saying grew. They're saying boo. They're <laughs> Islanders fans. Uh, what's the real headline? Just as we predicted in Hype Train yesterday. Yeah. We did. Yeah. 
Curtis, what was your score? Did you I said 4-2. Four four two. Two. Little... You got too ambitious. I did. But okay. that's okay. But hey, they got the win. Yeah. It's all about the W. Exactly. That's all we care about. Uh, side note, did you guys see the game? I forgot what it was, but it was an empty netter, and old boy just clapped it yeah. into the net and started a whole brawl. And uh, I think we, did we talked about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit. I, I watched it again yesterday and I go, dude, stick to the face. It wasn't even no like just shoulder bump. Let's get you out the way. Um, it was violent, man. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a random thought. I'm sorry. No, that's just, okay. Just I take head. us off the rails all the time like I'm about to. <laughs> um, I'm having some listeners on the Mac and Jack's text line tweet in the franchises, organizations, dynasties that they're most annoyed by. Uh, or least annoyed by. For instance, the 425 says the Warriors are less annoying than the Chiefs. I agree. I'm not mad at the Warriors. Um, Those are super likable. Yeah. Then the 360 says the Niners are actually the most annoying. I'm not as annoyed by the they Niners. They haven't won anything. That's what I'm saying. Like, win a Super Bowl post when our own uh, board op was born, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's. I'm not as bothered when you haven't won since the early to mid-90s. Um, but the, the Patriots were just... There's an abrasiveness and a brashness to Boston. That if East I was Coast. if I was from there, I'd love it. I'd identify with it, but I'm not, so it's annoying to me. Um, and then the Yankees have fallen down only because they also haven't won a World Series of late. So they've been able to escape my wrath. Um, we've got the Cowboys on this list. One listener says, the 206 says, what about the Cowboys? They should be on there. Their fans still believe they're in the middle of a dynasty from the 90s. Um, someone said the Bulls. I'm not an, who's who hates the Bulls. Who hates the Bulls? Truly, who hates the Bulls? Like the I, I haven't met John one Stockton person. and Carl Malone. Yeah, truly. <laughs> but everybody hates John Stockton and Carl Malone. Exactly so, for good reason. Yeah. So I don't know who like really. I was thinking of this the other day, thinking of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and I was like, I know that my memories of this are warped, mm-hmm. but I don't remember people. I don't have memories of like the Bulls being an unlikable franchise. Now no. their height was when I was almost too young to understand, so it's more based on mm-hmm. reputation. But it was that Bulls team was just so iconic. Like people realized what they were watching with Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and all that. And then social media just wasn't out yet either. I, I would assume that if social media was hot like it is now, we would get some hate for the Bulls. But man, come on now, that's. That's history right yeah. there. Michael Jordan, the GOATs. Exactly. 253 says Seahawks fans were bad post-Super Bowls. Saying this as a fan. <sighs> All fans get kind of cocky. Uh, but there's a separate kind of cockiness to, to Patriots fans that's just different. And Yankees fans, it's they just different. They forget where their franchise was pre-Tom Brady. Truly. Uh, all right, you're listening to Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Sticking with the Mariners here. Should we be asking more from one superstar in 2024? That's next. Bump and Stacy. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. You ever catch strays? Where you're like, what? What did I do? All the time. I, I just caught one on Twitter. I was like, what did I do? What happened? Oh, it's a long story. I'll, I'll tell you. It's a long story. <laughs> it's just people trying to make a point. So then they like put down other people to make another point. Yeah, and you're okay. like, what did I do? I feel that. Yeah. That's I how, walk that's into the house all the time. And the kids have been driving my wife crazy yeah. for eight hours. And then I walk through the door and she's getting at me. What and I'm looking at little Michael because he's the leader of the clan when I'm not there. I go, what the, What happened? What did y'all do? What did you, yeah, exactly. And you're like, now I have to pay yeah, for now it. Now I'm in it. I mean, uh, you know who was not catching a stray, but uh, catching a, a straight on was uh, uh, Kadarius Tony. 
Yeah. AB posted for Happy Valentine's Day to everyone uh, a Valentine with Kadarius Tony saying, I'd drop anything for you. Mm. <laughs> That's kind messed up. <laughs> My guy's won two Super Bowls, though. He's got two Super Bowl rings. You Come know on. what I mean? He wasn't active for one of them, but that's okay. <laughs> two more Super Bowl rings than I have, so who am I to hate? Uh, should we be asking more from Julio Rodriguez in 2024? I know it sounds silly. I mean, he's one of the best players in the league, going to be um, an MVP candidate uh, in all likelihood this year. He's uh, Seattle's great hope. And yet, I think there were some people looking at his 2023 season going, God, I wish there would have been more. Like, I just, I wish he would have taken a huge step forward. Uh, he he was God mode in August, um, but otherwise kind of was was a little more up and down than he was in a phenomenal rookie campaign. Should we be asking more this year? I think um, I think we should be asking for a better start and more consistency. And it's hard. I always, always laugh when I use that word consistency with baseball because you fail so much. Are you even really consistent? You consistently fail in baseball. It's crazy how much you don't succeed. But I read an article. I think Kramer wrote the article. And he said Julio thought he had a bad 2023. In, in, in actuality... He finished fourth in AL voting. Um, he His August was stupid. 30 RBIs, seven home runs, 1197 OPS. My man balled out at times. I think what we were looking for is just a steady incline or just consistency across the year. Because if you want this team to have the success that we're hoping for, to get into the playoffs, someone has to lead the charge. And everyone's looking at the guy who's getting paid the most, who has the most talent, who's a young rising star in this league and saying, all right, we need a bit more from you to start the season and just throughout the season. Watching him play in August was crazy. That was fun to watch. Um, It was uh, something I won't forget. Mm -hmm. But when you are the best player on your team, you're just looking for a crescendo. You want it just to keep going and going and going. Hard to do in baseball because it is – my, in my opinion, the most skilled sport in all the sports, that in golf, um, it's hard to do because you're going to fail. But, yeah, I think we can ask more. And, and the reason why I feel comfortable asking for more, even though I felt like he had a good season, is because he's asking himself for more. So he understands that, look, for this team to go, I got to go, and I can't wait till August to get going. All right, well, let's take a listen to what David Schoenfield had to say about it. This was on with us yesterday. He's young enough where we do expect more. Is that unfair? No, that's his ability. Mm -hmm. That's his talent level is to be an MVP candidate, not just like a top 10 MVP guy. He's got to cut down the strikeouts, cut down on the chase rate, but he's at that age. He has the experience now. I think he'll do that. And Shohei's not in the league anymore, so that MVP race is a lot more wide open than it's been. And he has the ability to do that. He does have the ability to do that. I also kind of like that David Schoenfield, you mentioned this, I kind of like that David Schoenfield was like, it's okay to ask for more from Julio. And Bump, I find myself in this delicate balance between wanting the Mariners to provide more so that there's less pressure and Julio has Mm -hmm. to do less. And and I don't want to just look at one player as like, if he doesn't play God tier, we're not making the playoffs. Like, I don't want that pressure. And then I balance that between genuinely thinking, but you're the best. You're the best on this team, and, and you should be meeting those expectations, and you should be developing. You should be making contact with those breaking balls, and you should be improving there. You know what I mean? It's a it's a delicate balancing act. Like, I I still, I think, would have liked to see the Mariners add even more around him. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Julio, it's, it's your burden to bear. Here's the great thing about asking or wanting more out of Julio. 
His third year in the majors. His third year. It's natural. You're supposed to see a progression. Mm-hmm. When do you stop progressing as a pro? I don't know. In the NFL, I, w- I would assume you reach about your second contract year four, five, six. And physically, you yeah, just stop. You, this is just who you are. Julio's a young man. What is he, 22 years old or something like that? So physically, he's going to grow. Mentally, he's going to grow. He's going to get more at-bats. He's going to be more comfortable in these situations. He's going to see more breaking balls. He's going to be in situations more and more as the year goes along. You know who I cannot ask more of? J.P. Crawford. I go, mm-hmm. bruh. That's a good point. That's all I got. 29 years old, shortstop. You are known for your defense. You add power to your game. I'm good with who you are at 29 years old in the league. With Julio, because he's young and because of his physical potential, I think it's completely fair to ask for more. Now, are you asking for this man to do things we've never seen before? Already done that, right? A couple times what, uh, when it comes to home runs and, and stolen bases, right? But there, there comes a point where you're just looking at him in clutch situations. If there's anything I want from Julio this year, it's just to be a bit more clutch in, in, in situations where you need him to be. His rookie year, it felt like he would come through more often than not. For some reason, in that sophomore year um he he ground out into a double play roll something over there are so many times where i go last year he probably he probably uh comes through because he's not thinking about all the pressure and, and being the guy once you get paid and you go into the season and you have all of these media obligations you're doing all these interviews you're gq you're this you're that even if outwardly you're not acknowledging who you are when it comes to the the manners in the in the majors Internally, you know what's going on. You feel that pressure. And I think guys are some guys are built for this stuff, and I think Julio is built for it. And that's why I love hearing him say, I had a bad 2023. If I'm the homie, I'm going, nah, bro, you didn't have a bad 2023. Yeah. You had bad stretches, but you're still one of the best players in this league. Uh, some response from the Mac and Jack's text line. Julio's not the star everyone here makes him out to be. He needs to put together a consistent season with big numbers. He's not a junior. First of all, with junior, we have hindsight. <laughs> like we're looking right. back at one of the best careers ever. Like sure, I mean clearly, surefire Hall of Fame. He's in the Hall of Fame, but like one of the best players we've ever seen. Just so happened to be a Mariner, and that's something to be so proud of. I think that Seattle has had so little success that anyone who's approaching MVP caliber is going to be compared to Junior, and that's just unfair. I will say. I have never felt the way watching a player as I did with Julio since junior. Right. And so I'm not saying they're the same. No Mm -hmm. one's saying they're the same, but I'm saying there is a superstar it factor that Julio has that I have not seen here in Seattle in a very long time. Yeah. And... He is uh, not responsible, but he is the every every organization is looking for a savior at some point. Right. The Chiefs found Mahomes. Uh, New England found Brady. And now the Seahawks found Russell. And now the Mariners have Julio Rodriguez. And um, expectations mean that people think you have the capabilities of doing something great. That means people are supporting you. If they're expecting you to play great, that means they believe that you can do it and they're supporting you. Are you going to come through every single time in every situation? No, you're not. It, it, that's, just, that's just life. But um, I think a guy like Julio embraces this. And uh, and doesn't mind it, but he needs support. He ain't gonna be able to go out there and do it all by himself. So the guys who have been here balling, you continue to do that. Yeah. And let's hope that these new additions help him out. I'm so glad this listener said that from the 206. What about a Rod? Yes, the forgotten Mariner that no one ever wants to claim. Put him the, in the Mariners Hall of put Fame. Put him in the Mariners Hall of Fame. <laughs> Truly, one of the best Mariners we've seen. Do I hate that he left? Sure. 
But it, it's so funny. It, it's, it's, there's these weird selective memories we have as Mariners fans. Like, we don't talk about 2001, but we'll mm-hmm. talk about 1995 until the end of time. We don't talk about A-Rod. <laughs> just for the same reason. Like, we pretend he you never see existed. see any highlights of him None at, at all. T-Mobile Park? None Nothing. at all. Yeah, it's it's never fascinating. Happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, you guys. Um, coming up, it's my favorite segment on, on, the, uh, on the station. And I say this every single week, but I mean it every single week. And you know what's weird? Every week it seems to get better. Get off my lawn. Coming up next. Bumpin' Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Is there just an obvious point where it becomes clear that Seattle needs to move on from Gino? Is that time now? Is it next year? Is it later than that? Is it in the future? We're going to talk about that coming up in 15 minutes. Before we get to it, my favorite segment that anyone does on any of our shows. No offense to any other segments, including my own headline rewrites, but this is hilarious. It's Bumps Get Off My Lawn Bump. What do you got for us? I'm a man. I'm 40. Yeah, man. That's, uh, it's Wednesday. You know what time it is. Time for me to get some stuff off of my chest. And uh, you know what? It's bittersweet because uh, football season's over. Mm-hmm. If you didn't know this about me, I'm a football guy. I didn't know that. Love me some football. Um, and it's bittersweet because you get to see the culmination. You got Pat Mahomes winning number three, two in a row. Uh, Brock Purdy wasn't able to do it. But the reason why I'm glad that it's over because now all the Super Bowl conspiracy theories are done. They're done. I'm tired of hearing about it, right? First, it was the logo. Now, the logo made some type of sense because you're looking at the colors that are involved and this team won because of this color, yada, yada, yada. So it was supposed to be the Ravens and the Niners in this Super Bowl, and it did not happen. Now I don't have to hear about it. I'm so done with the conspiracy theories. And then it was Taylor Swift, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's all about the Swifties. Casey won because of the Swifties. No, they didn't. Casey won because Pat Mahomes is that guy and because the 49ers could not get it done. So I'm so sick and tired of the Super Bowl conspiracy theories. Um, I'm glad it's over, but I'm not glad it's over. I believe in some conspiracy theories, like though. What? So I'm not even mad at y'all. You can, you, you can believe in it, all right? Because I believe in some. Like, landing on the moon, suspect, Stacey. What? No, Bum, landing you don't believe in landing suspect. on the moon. No, Bum, Where did the hovercraft stop. come from? You're just trying you to be controversial. You're just you trying to be controversial. Where did the hovercraft come from? How are they whipping that thing around? It must have been a Bum. great a great folding technique that they use. It's kind of <laughs> like my kids pack and play. Curtis, you know about the pack and play. Uh, that thing is a pain I know too in much the about butt sometimes, play. right? So I believe in some. Area 51, definitely aliens over there, Stacey. Okay, okay. Definitely aliens. Area 51, they're testing them out. They got big 10 for the aliens in Arizona. On Area 51, I believe in that. Also, Bigfoot. I, Bigfoot's real. You be- no, he's not. He's, he's, he's no, that is the one around. thing that I think he's is not real. He's roaming around Absolutely the Northwest right now. It's probably about five of them out there. First of all, aliens okay? are real. Bigfoot is not. Oh, so aliens are real, but Why Bigfoot would aliens ain't real. not be real? Why would aliens Why would not, be real? not be real? Because we can explore all of Earth. We know everything they're, that's happening. They're, they're smarter than us. They're okay, but craftier how does Bigfoot than us. keep going? How many Bigfoots are there that they can reproduce and create other Bigfoots? Obviously, there's at least two. <laughs> Obviously, there's two. So there's a lot of inbreeding all in the right? Bigfoot so population. Look, all, all the football, the Super Bowl conspiracy theories, I get it. I understand it. But I'm so glad that is done. But I can't knock you too much because I believe in some conspiracy theories as well. Okay. I named my three landing on the moon suspect. Okay. <laughs> Area 51, real. Sasquatch is right around the corner. We don't even know it. <sighs> You ready? I just didn't expect us to go into know, Area 51 territory. I'm a man. I'm What's for it. Real. That's why we can't next? go there, Stacey. I know. I like it, though. I kind of <laughs> want to do a whole segment on, like, things Bump believes in. All right. Next one. Okay. Yesterday, I defended Tony Romo. 
I'm like, Tony did a good job, man. What are y'all talking about? Y'all hating. And you know how these Apple phones go. They listen to you. And my phone listened to me, and it started just feeding me Tony Romo mess-ups. And I watched the end of the game. It wasn't even a mess-up. I watched the end of the Super Bowl. Who was he with? Was he with Nance? Who called yeah, the Super Jim Bowl? Nance, yeah. Jim Nance, right? Jim Nance is such a pro. He understands. Look, I'm going to set the play up, mm-hmm. and I'm going to shut up. And mm-hmm. let and just let it breathe. This is what Nasa Chobi tells me when I call games for the Pac-12 and all that stuff. He goes, "Hey, sometimes you don't need to say much. Just let it breathe." And Nance goes, "I set it up. I'm going to let it breathe." And you got Tony Romo talking nonsense about a story and making expressions. I go, "Tony, be quiet. <laughs> be quiet, Tony." I was defending you yesterday. Then the Apple phone listens to me, and it feeds me all this garbage about Tony. I go, I don't believe it. But then I hear the final call, and I go, this is what people were talking about, Tony. Sometimes you just got to let it breathe, man. I still think Tony does a good job. He does. You know how um, uh, Pete Carroll and Sean McVay, most notably, but a couple other coaches have a get-back man? Right. I feel like Tony Romo needs a get-back man, and it needs to be Bump in the booth when Tony starts going, you know, it's funny, Jim. And then you just hear Bump going, shut up, Tony. Shut up. Just be quiet. (laughs) Let it breathe. Enjoy the situation. (laughs) The the best let it breathe moment I can remember um, is when Bryce Harper, I bring it up all the time, in the playoffs, I believe it's, uh, I forgot who they're playing, man. But he goes up, his song is playing, it's quiet. Commentators are saying nothing. He gets up to the play, boom, he goes yard, and then they start to talk a little bit. But you let the situation breathe. Tony, you are too good to be interfering with that moment. It ruined the moment, honestly. NFL needs to cut that out like they switched up Alicia Keys' vocals at halftime. They did. Go ahead and edit that thing up and cut Tony out because Nance knew what he was doing. Tony wants the spotlight. He's talking about Michael Jordan. What are you doing, Tony? Let it breathe. I don't know how they did it, but they did. You know, like just exactly like how you said, how they did it with Alicia Keys and they made it magic to where she didn't mess up on that first note even though she did they did that with tony romo i don't know how i don't know how all right what's last do what you do all right last one i got i'm a man i'm 40 dang near 40 all right man uh walmart and walgreens where are we got we beef going we got beef all right you know why we got beef why all right because you know how in grocery stores where they put the candy right before the checkout so your kids can be like oh i want this they start grabbing that stuff i've been dealing with that my whole life i got sure. kids 13 all the way down to one i've been I, i've dealt with it but now they're targeting me and i'm just not realizing that because they know my weakness if I see anything that says ass seen on TV, I'm going to walk over <laughs> to that junk shelf and I'm going to look at stuff. Of course, I want a flashlight that is indestructible. Or of course, I want that device that I can clean my feet in the shower without bending over and having to, t- having to use my hands. Of course, I need another phone holder that goes into the cup holder, right? All these gadgets, I go, damn, I'm at that gadgets. age, huh? I'm at that age to where I see the ass scene on TV, and it's like a magnet pulling me over to it and say, look, bump, you might need a towel that never gets warm, even though it's 45 degrees outside, <laughs> right? You might need the screen to put over your door to not let the flies come in, but it's winter. The flies ain't even out right now. Yeah. That row gets me every time. I almost bought a hat the other day. I looked at the hat. My wife is like, you don't really need that hat. I go, but I do. do. It's the same one that I saw on TV at 1230 (laughs) last night. So Walmart, Walgreens, you guys doing a great job. I'm the demographic. You get me. So now I have to to show restraint because I can't say, look, man, kids, you can't have that uh, Reese's. 
Yeah. But I'm going to get this towel. Now, um, Curtis, I think I'm we officially I'm 40. know what to get Bump for any gifts moving forward. He needs Just go to the ass scene on TV. Scrub daddies. Yeah. Some kind of weird there universal remote. Those, uh, those copper socks. The yeah, ones copper that, socks. Oh, yeah. Copper fit. Already got yeah, the knee brace. Don't trip. Yeah. Why, do, why am I already not surprised at all that he already has it? I have no idea what this is. Already got it. Brett Favre and be uh, advertising. Brett Favre's looking for that money. He's got some lawsuits to settle. Not the moral compass. Let's throw Jerry Rice in there. Jerry Rice is on the commercial. Okay. Yeah. There okay. we go. Well, that's why I get off my lawn. Conspiracy theories. Sasquatch is real. No, aliens it's not. are real. Here's the thing. I'm telling you. Well, aliens are real. How do you believe? What do you mean? Aliens, I think but not is, Sasquatch. I think that the reverse would be more ridiculous. If you didn't believe in aliens, but you thought Sasquatch was real, I would think that you were stupid because it's like <laughs> there's no space is so unfathomably large and vast. Like we cannot wrap our minds around space and time and all of this but, stuff. That like there's no reason not to think that there couldn't be life in some form somewhere listen, else. Hey, but we went to the moon in the '60s. Yeah, we do did. That, do that again. Cut the time in half. They Show me technology. Nah, do it again. I need to see it again. Suspect. <laughs> run it Suspect. back. Run back the run play. It, run it back. I just think that Bigfoot is someone we would have seen. We would have seen we, We've seen him. There's video. We oh, saw, we've blurry. seen him. Uh, he's just, out there. I just think. Maybe he's you, just naturally you think, you think humans have discovered everything possible on this earth. We got no, it all on lock. No, we always kind find all kinds of different insects and stuff like that and little frogs. But I'm just saying that Bigfoot, I think was like maybe a joke that we all did one time and thought it was funny and nah. then it became a conspiracy theory. And I don't know how you are questioning a moon landing, but believe. There have been 2,300 sightings <laughs> of Bigfoot in the Northwest in the past 10 years. <laughs> Just saying. From the, from the 206 bump. Go off, King. <laughs> Let him know. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Is there an obvious point where Seattle moves on from Geno Smith? And is that point this week? We'll tell you why it could be before Friday. That's next.